What's going on everybody? I'm back with Dave. Welcome back to my draft room. Uh, we got some good stuff for y'all today. First thing we're going to talk about is Brock Bowers, where he's going to land, and then we're going to move on to uh, the foundation that builds the AFC East and the pieces that that puzzle is being put together with. Uh, and then we're going to do something different. We're going to take a 10-player cornerback draft. Uh, we're going to take turns picking guys from this year's draft class uh, and see who puts together the best roster of corners. Uh, and then we're going to end it off with some questions that y'all asked over on Instagram. Uh, but Dave, why don't you kick us off with uh, Brock Bowers and where you think he is going to land. Brock Bowers. First of all, guys, I just want to say, if you listen to our first podcast, uh, we finally made it out of Mom's basement, okay? So if you're listening right now, you know the audio's a little bit, audio's a little bit more clear. So this should be a good podcast, and I'm excited for it. Brock Bowers, uh, generational talent. Okay, he has great speed, and he's also one of those guys that can get it done with blocking, although he may be lacking a little bit of size. Some people would say he makes up for it in his playmaking ability. Um, he's easily the top uh, tight end in this draft, and so I think that he's going to go relatively high in this draft. Top ten. If he doesn't make it out of the top ten, or if he does make it out of the top ten in the first round, I'm surprised. I don't know about you. Um, I don't know. I just think he's not, he might not be the slam dunk type top ten pick that we're expecting him to be. I think teams are a little hesitant after the Kyle Pitts incident there in right. Atlanta. Uh, and then uh, there's a lot of teams in the top ten aren't ready to draft a tight end that high. They're not really to w- ready to take that risk. Like you look at teams like Chicago, Washington, Arizona, the Giants, Tennessee. Um, they still have pieces that they need to put together before they pull the trigger on that. Uh, and I mean, even Atlanta, they're still working with what they have there, trying to make Kyle Pitts work. Uh, I don't know if it will, but we'll see. So Brock Bowers. Uh, in that top, let's say he does go in the top ten. Okay. Which of those which of those slots do you think he slides into uh, the most likely? Most likely landing spot for Bowers in the top ten. That being Chicago through the Jets. Right. If I just got my paycheck and wanted to put, say, 10% of it on where it's going to go, I'm picking the Chargers at the fifth pick. Um, they're one of those teams they pretty much have most of the pieces they need. Um, something's just missing, you can tell. And I think Brock Bowers is a great piece to fit in that puzzle. Um, I'd be genuinely surprised if they didn't. Um, they, you could argue that they could take a defensive player. You could argue that they could build on their wide receiver core, um, knowing that one of their top guys is getting a little older, but he's still producing. So if I had to pick, I would go with the Chargers at five. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. I'd also pick the Chargers. Uh, yeah, like I said, the Chargers are probably the only team in that top ten that have – no real weaknesses when you look at it on paper. Uh, and so you can slide Brock Bowers in right there, and he can hopefully win you the games you need. He might be the missing missing piece to that Chargers puzzle. It might also be the coach, and they got that situation solved now finally. Right. Uh, so, yeah, but I don't know if Brock Bowers goes in the top ten anymore. At, at my original, original start of this process, I would have said for sure. Uh, but I'm thinking he's more in that 10 to 20 range, somewhere like Indianapolis at 15, uh, maybe 18 to Cincinnati makes some sense. 12 to Denver, you could argue for. Uh, but Brock Bowers, is, it's just hard to pin tight ends, no matter how good they are. Is it ever worth it to take a top 10 draft pick and use it on a on a tight end? Well, some would say that if it is, I mean, this is a case that they would fit, right? Because, I mean... Right, if this is the time to do it. Right. So This is the guy, yeah. Let me ask you this. Where does he rank on your overall 
uh, rankings? Uh, Bowers came in at number six, I believe, on my recent recent uh, rankings. I think he was just below May at five. Okay. Uh, but I, I mean, look, you got to see, look at it this way: the the top ten guys on my on my top fifty aren't going to be the top ten picks, right? Right. So you lo- you do look at the top ten first round picks and their teams that need more than a tight end, and honestly, they're not even looking in that direction if right. they have a top ten pick. Top ten pick besides the Chargers, in my opinion. I mean, I don't see another team that would be looking that direction. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, look at look at the top teams in the league. You got the Chiefs, San Fran, Baltimore, Detroit, Buffalo's got a new a new tight end there, uh, and they're all they all have good tight ends. Right. So it's a common theme. How how uh, how important is a tight end to winning games? Because I mean, it's evident by the top teams in the league. It seems that a tight end is uh the common factor there so so how how important is that i'm a big believer in tight end as one of the most um important positions on the offensive side of ball um you think of a team that can convert on third downs higher than other teams and that the team that can convert on third downs it's going to be more successful than a team that doesn't. And I think tight ends play a very big role in third down conversions. Um, they open up the playbook as well, especially with Bowers being a uh, receiving tight end. A yeah. receiving tight end as well, and he's feisty on the line. Um, he's not afraid to put his hand in the dirt and go helmet to helmet with somebody and take him for a ride. So with guys like that, it just expands your playbook and – it just benefits your offense, especially if you have, if you feel like you're missing something. I mean, the Chargers have, you could argue that their running back didn't do great this past year. Uh, I believe they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Their wide receiver room is good. Uh, offense line is good. I mean, they're, they are missing one piece, and they're the definition of that team. So I think tight ends play a very big role in yeah. an offensive Game. No, I think tight ends are for sure the the biggest positional advantage you could say in the league. And I think if the Chargers do get Bowers at five, uh, he could be the final piece to that puzzle. What about trading down? Do you think, like, because look at the teams after the Chargers. I don't suspect any of those teams would would draft Bowers. What's the possibility the Chargers could draft back and still get him? I th- I think, I mean, if I was the Chargers, I would definitely be searching that possibility. I think it's I think it's very likely. Um, yeah, just like you said, I mean, I would be doing the same thing if I was the Chargers, but it gets kind of murky in the, you know, 12 to 15 range, like you said, 12 to 18 range. So it would be – I would be curious as to who they would trade with. Right, they'd have to find a fitting partner. Right, so uh, – And they wouldn't want to trade too far back to, to let a team jump them. Correct. In there. Uh but yeah, Brock Bowers is an interesting one. Um, it, it's always hard to to gauge where tight ends go in the draft uh, because we don't know how the teams value tight ends specifically and what team has tight ends as a as a crucial need. Uh, but moving on, uh, like we said, some of the best tight ends in the league uh, are on some of the best teams in the league. Right. Uh, one of those being Dalton <coughs> Kincaid, who I think is is having a sort of a up-and-coming year next year. I think he might break out next year. Uh, and that's going to lead us into our foundation 
of the AFC East. Uh, we're going to start with the AFC East today, and uh, we're going to make our way through the divisions as the episodes come along. Uh, but let's just start off with with what we're talking about when we say the foundation, right? Okay. Uh, so I've said before, I think I said it last time, uh, I think you need a quarterback, two playmakers, a tackle, an edge rusher, and a cornerback. And those are your foundations for building a team. Uh, you need those pieces to be a championship caliber team. Uh, so we're going to look at the AFC East and which teams fit all the criteria that's met there. Uh, and we're going to st- open it up with the Bills. Um, so obviously they have their quarterback situation figured out. Right. Uh, and then two playmakers. Uh, we could say Diggs, even though I think he's I think he's falling off a little bit. Okay. Uh, but other than that, who would you say would be their other playmaker, or do they just flat out need another one? I think I like Khalil Shakir. I think he could be having a good year next year, but I think they lack. Like, I think one it's. Extra I one. think they they need one more playmaker, and that's like you know the tight end spot with the Chargers. It's the last piece of their puzzle. Uh, they're a dominant team. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, their defense is is good, and so I think they are lacking one other playmaker. So why do you say Diggs is falling off? Uh, he, I think he just. He just disappeared too often. I mean, there were there were stretches of games last year where you didn't hear Diggs' name called. You looked, and uh, right. I think Josh Allen's kind of kind of realizing that, so he's not looking Diggs' way as I, th- I guess as much as he used to. Okay. Don't get me wrong, Diggs is still I think the top guy there, uh, but I think the ball was being spread around more, and Diggs wasn't a uh, wasn't putting it together. I mean, in the the game against the Chiefs, he had the the crucial. Missed play there at the end. Right. Uh, but then uh, moving on to the other pieces of the Bills, uh, their tackle position, they have Deion Dawkins as their top guy there. Uh, he's getting a little older. I think he's pushing about 30. Uh, that might be a need soon. Uh, and then on the edge, they have Gregory Rousseau, who's uh, he's had a good couple of last years. He's putting it together finally. And uh, uh what do you think about the edge? Do you think they can add another another guy there? Or do you think Rousseau is gonna gonna step up to that position? I think it's hard to put you know all of the pressure on one defensive lineman to kind of make up for the rest. If that makes sense, I think if they have guys that can get it done, or not necessarily get it done, but not make any crucial mistakes and not mess up his game, then yeah, that's all they need. But it wouldn't be a bad thought to go in. And get another defensive lineman. Yeah. Because, like I said, you don't want to put all of it on one guy. Right. Yeah. I think uh, I think we're so should fill the should fill the spot there and be one of the foundational guys on that defense. But you know, getting a guy opposite him never never hurts. Right. Uh, and their cornerback situation. Uh, I think they've gotten that pumped up in the last few few weeks of the season when they added Rasul Douglas. I think he's stepped up. He's been. Uh, I think he was one of the best corners in the league towards the end of the season. Uh, and obviously, Tredavious White the, has been the guy there for some time. Uh, who do you think is the one there? Do you think Douglas came in and took over that one spot? Or do you think Tredavious White is still the, still the top guy there? I think White is the number one guy there. Okay. Uh, and then moving on, we got the Dolphins. Moving on. Uh, you think Tua is the guy there for the quarter, quarterback position? You think he's? The I, th- I think he is. I truly do. Uh, he's not, in my opinion, something that you're looking at saying, okay, 
this guy isn't getting it done and we need somebody else. We need to look into somebody else. Yeah. Um, although he does have terif- terrific playmakers. Um, yeah, I mean, when you look at two as playmakers, you have Tyreek, Waddle, Mostert, A-Chain's probably going to step up. I mean, he already has a little bit, but he has guys to get the ball to. Right. For right now, you can look into something other than quarterback. Uh, I would say maybe further down the line, you know, some of those guys start falling off. Either that is with their ability to make plays or they start, you know, uh, exploring other teams. Then maybe you can look into a different quarterback depending on how he reacts and plays without some of those guys there. But for right now, uh, he's getting the ball in their hands when it matters. Yeah, I mean, that's the job title, right? Right. Uh, at tackle, they have Taron Armstead. He's getting the job done. Uh got that position locked down uh in their edge slot they have Jalen Phillips uh I think it's kind of the same situation as we talked about with Rousseau I think he's stepping up he's becoming the guy there before he got injured with his Achilles uh and they have Bradley Chubb uh he's been a little bit less than what we had hoped for Uh, right when looking at Chubb we expected a guy to be a little bit more dominant than he than he has when he's bounced around uh came from Denver uh, but then you look at their corners, and they got it. They got it solved there. They got Ramsey. I know he missed some time due to injury, but it's still still Jalen Ramsey at the end of the day. And I'm, I think this is a. I think when you look at the Dolphins, they're a different kind of team compared to the rest of these guys. I mean, most of these guys, they're not homegrown drafted guys, right? So like Tyreek coming from the Chiefs, most are the 49ers. Uh, they did draft Waddle and A-Chain. Uh, Ramsey co- coming from the Rams. Bradley Chubb coming from Denver. Uh, and So just a lot of their guys are are not as homegrown as you would like them to be. Like Let's, let's, let's take a look at their, their last first-round selections. Uh, in 23 and 22, they had no first-round pick. 21, they took Jalen Phillips, Jalen Waddle, both home runs there. Uh, Tua in 2020. Austin Jackson, the offensive tackle from USC. Uh, obviously, Tua has been has been doing the getting the job done, like you said. Uh, Twenty nineteen, Christian Wilkins, top guy there. Twenty eighteen, Minka Fitzpatrick, no longer with the team. Twenty sixteen, we're going back. Lambry Tunzel, no longer with the team. Devontae Parker, twenty fifteen, no longer with the team. Uh, but they've done a they've done a good job of getting their first round picks into guys that can that can be on the team for and make some plays down the line. Right. Um, and then, like we said, looking at the Bills, it's a little bit of a different situation. Uh, they got a lot of their guys drafted. Uh, I mean, Diggs came from uh, the Vikings, obviously. But Josh Allen, grand slam there. Ed Oliver in 2019, home run there. Gregory Rousseau, home run 2021. Uh, 2022, Kier Elam, cornerback from Florida. Uh, he hasn't been what, what we expected him to, or hoped him to be. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, 2023. I think he'll step up and be the guy there soon. Uh, so moving on, uh, we covered the Bills, Dolphins. Uh, let's take a look at the Patriots. Obviously the the bottom of the barrel here in the east. Right. Um, Bunch of spots we got to fill here. Yeah, so looking at the – I mean, obviously their main concern here is the quarterback position. Correct. Uh, what do you what do you expect them to do there? You expect them to test free agency, select in the draft. What, what are you what are you going 
put um, If I'm the Patriots, I'm not looking into the free agency aspect of it. I want uh, my franchise quarterback now. Right. Uh, just so it's something I'm not worried about in later years. And yeah. this draft class is the time to do it, yeah. in so my opinion. So however they get that done, um, it doesn't really matter as long as they get that done, to be honest with you, because they just need a guy, and they need a guy now. And they need to, you know, put that in the back of their head and not have to worry about it anymore so they can expand on their team and finally, you know, fill a bunch of holes that are needed. Right. And uh, when you're looking at the, the Patriots, they haven't done a great job in the draft. Right. Are you worried about that with this draft? I mean, they haven't also had a pick this high in, I mean, a long, long time. Uh, I think the last top ten pick was their recent head coach, <laughs> um, Gerard Mayo in 2008. But, like, looking at their draft, we got 23, Christian Gonzalez, uh, I think is a home run there. 22, Cole Strange, uh, he's been okay, he's been decent. Not the kind of guy that they, not, not the value they were looking for there. Right. Uh, 15, Mac Jones, obviously that didn't work out. 2019, last overall pick of the first round, Nikhil Harry, no longer with the team. Uh, 2018, Sony Michelle, no longer with the team. Uh, 2018 again, Isaiah Wynn, uh, no longer with the team. So, I mean, it's been a rough, rough drafting for these guys. Do you think they f- they figure it out this year and they get the right guy? I would say so. Um, I think with the number three spot in the first round, it's hard to mess up, especially with the quarterbacks that we have in this draft. Right. Um, so, yeah, honestly, I think if they got it wrong – they need to fire somebody. <laughs> because if they make the wrong pick with the third pick in the first round. Somebody's got to go. It's a problem. Yeah, but, I mean, let's look at this. Let's say they get their quarterback, they get their guy there. Right. They don't have any any playmakers. They still lack those two playmakers that we talk about. Correct. Uh, I mean, who, who are you getting the ball to? Right, and also, that is a problem. That's something you could look in free agency for. That's something you can be comfortable with getting those, you know, one to two year guys and, you know, making them last until, you know, next year's draft, the years after that draft. And then also later rounds in the draft, you see guys come out of nowhere and start making plays. Um, Puka, one of the best wide receivers the past year, came out of nowhere. I right. mean, you see these guys. So if you draft well. Yeah, especially with a class like this, they can get some, some value right. in the later rounds. So I'm not worried. Playmaker isn't something that you should be worried about, oh, we need to get him in the first round at the number three spot with this quarterback draft class, especially when you don't have a quarterback. So three, a quarterback at three is undoubtedly what you have to go with, and then the playmakers will come. Yeah. Well, looking at the rest of this this foundation, they have a tackle. They got uh, Trent Brown. Um, you can make a case he fills that. Uh, edge, they got Matthew Judon. He's getting a little bit older. Um but he's still producing. Uh, Uche off the edge. He's a, he's a younger dude. Uh, hopefully he can he can break through in the coming years and be the guy for the future there. Kind of kind of pass the baton from Judon to to Uche. Uh, and then corner. I think Christian Gonzalez was a home run. Uh, it's a shame he got injured, so we don't get to see his full full season yet. But I think he's going to come back and have a great. A great career from in New England. Right. Uh, moving on, the Jets. 
how, how are we liking the Jets in their position? I mean, on paper, <laughs> it looks good. Uh, it does. What a tragedy last year. Yeah. I'm uh, sad to see Rodgers go down like that and we're not able to see, you know, how he would have done, but I think we can all give a good guess on what Rodgers would have done. So at what point do the Jets start looking for a quarterback? Because, I mean, Rodgers isn't going to play for 10 more years. Right. So at what point do you say, okay, let's let's get a guy to sit behind Rodgers? Well, to me, it seems like they're trying to make a run, right? Yeah. With the team that they have and, you know, the moves that they're making. So if they do things right, you're probably not seeing them get a high draft pick next year. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even the year after that. It just all depends on how much Rodgers, you know, affects their team. I mean, even if they do get a high pick next year, I don't think there's a Well, yeah, what are you looking at? Like, yeah. Right. So it's tough to say where they're going to pick up their quarterback from. To be honest, it's really a toss-up to me. I just – I don't know if Rodgers is going to – you think Rodgers retires in New York? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't see him going back to – I mean, unless he signs like a one-day deal with Green Bay or something right. on a technicality like that. But, yeah, I think he has a few more years left, and then he's going to call it quits. But It's not something you have to worry about right now, but – It's not an immediate need, right, right. yeah. Uh, but you don't want to be sitting there in the Andrew Luck position right. where he just surprise retires on you and you're stuck with, with no one to be your quarterback. Correct. Uh, so they got to – certainly they're – they're it's on their minds. It might it, be at the back of their be. mind, but it it needs to come forward a little bit. Correct. Uh, but they have they have the pieces of the puzzle, I think. Uh, two playmakers. Garrett Wilson, uh, he had not quite the year he wanted last year, but I mean, he's still a 1,000-yard receiver, so so we can't, we can't hate on that. Right. Uh, Brees Hall, he has a little bit of injury – Worries, but he's certainly a uh, Pro Bowl level guy there. Um, and I mean, this is all because they they they've done great at drafting in the past few years. Uh, let's, I mean, looking at it, twenty three, Will McDonald. I think he's gonna have a breakout year next year. I think he'll fill the gap at edge. Uh, Jermaine Johnson home run, Garrett Wilson home run, Sauce Gardner grand slam, Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, I think he's playing he's playing well enough to be. So not be a letdown, and then uh, Zach Wilson at twenty one, not not what they wanted there, obviously. Uh, Becton in twenty twenty, he's filling the role. Quinton Williams grand slam, uh, and then Sam Darnold, obviously also not what they wanted. So it seems like they can get every position right except quarterback. Right. So maybe taking taking one out of free agency and moving him over to sit behind Rodgers is where they need to go. Correct. Uh, but, yeah, looking at the Jets, I, it looks like they have the pieces filled. I mean, Edge, Jermaine Johnson, Will McDonald, I think those are two solid young guys. Cornerback, uh, obviously they have Sauce. Uh, I think DJ Reed is also a, another guy there that's done his job well. So the Jets, they seem to have it all, f- all laid out. Yeah, and that's why I said um, it seems like they're trying to make a run because – uh, on paper, it looks like they should be making a run. Unfortunately, they dealt the big loss last year. Yeah, it's hard when you're practicing all year and uh, something like that happens. So tragedy, yeah. Looking forward to see how they bounce back this next year. But yeah, it's all. I think it's all about 
how you draft. I mean, we look at the top drafters from this from this division. I think I would give it to the Jets. Right. I mean, talking a couple years ago, the Jets were at the bottom of the division constantly. So they've done a good job building themselves, and I think that's where their foundation comes from is the first round of the draft. Uh, and, I mean, most of it is from the top pick, so it's hard to really mess it up. I mean, Quinton Williams, third overall, Sauce, fourth. Garrett Wilson, 10th. I mean, you're picking in the top half of the draft every year. You've you got to get good, right? you yes. got to eventually. Uh, but, yeah, so that's that wraps up the foundation for the AFC East. Uh, next week, we will do the – what division you want to hit up? Let's look at NFC South. NFC South, uh, Panthers, Bucks, Saints, Falcons. All right, we'll, uh, we'll check into that and the foundations they've laid there. Uh, and then moving on, we're going to do something a little bit new. We haven't done this before. Uh, we're going to do a top 10 corner draft for this class. So we're going to take uh, the cornerback class, these prospects coming into the draft this year, uh, and we're going to take turns kind of drafting them back and forth onto our teams and uh, see who comes out with the better team. Uh, so, David, I'm going to be I'm gonna be generous today, and I'm going to give you the first overall pick here uh any corner on the board your choice that's awesome man i appreciate the generosity um i talked about this in the last podcast um two top three cornerbacks coming out of alabama now the question is who do we go with are those your top two guys i want to say yeah might as well say top two arnold and mckinstry are my top two cornerbacks in this upcoming draft class All right, well you can take your pick at them because i'm now, one thing that sets the other apart from the other, to me, is their first name. Okay, Kool-Aid McKinstry. I cannot let that go. I'm gonna take Kool-Aid. I want him on my team. I want the okay. and I want to hear the announcer say his name when he gets me a pick six. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't hate the pick, but it makes it easy for me because uh, you left me my top guy on the board. I'm taking Tyrion Arnold. I think he just edges out McKinstry. Uh, McKinstry is my third guy, and Arnold as my first. So, uh, Alabama, Alabama, right off the board. There you go. Uh, and and you're up again. So, my second one, I'm going to take Mitchell. Okay. Mm. Uh, so, fall to me. But I love a cornerback who can come and just lay the hat down, all right? That, I, there's nothing about football that I like more than a hard-hitting cornerback, Okay. And I think he fits that role. Uh, great tackler. Um, has a speed to carry receivers deep. Yeah, I mean, he's going to run. He's going to fly at, right. the, at the combine. Right, and so that's my second pick, and I'm very happy to say that. Well, uh, he, I would have gladly, gladly taken him right there. Uh, but So I'm just going to move down my list, and I'm going to take the white guy, Cooper DeGene. Uh, so I have... One of the more versatile players on my team. He could play safety. He could play corner. Uh, I could put him. I could put him on the field, and he's going to make plays. That's what I'm trying to get at. Uh, I think he has the best ball tracking, probably of any corner. I mean, he had three three pick sixes last right uh, last season. He played. Uh, he's just he, he's probably one of the better athletes in the entire cl- class of players, not even just corners. So, uh, Arnold and Mc- Arnold and Cooper DeGene are capping off my list. And I'll turn it over to you for your third corner. Right. And um, with my third guy, um, 
you know, we also talked about this in our last podcast. So this may be a guy who's falling off a little bit, but I still have high praise for Kalen King. Okay. Um, he's a great athlete. Also, he does have some inconsistent tackling problems, uh, but he's aggressive, and yeah. I like that. He's a little shorter. He's a little smaller, but I like I said, I think he makes up for an aggressiveness. Um, great press coverage. Um, just a great athlete and play recognition. Okay, so and those are one of the types of guys. Like I said before, I like somebody who can come play in the run and you know defend somebody in a pass play. So that's what I'm going with at my. Yeah, three. no, he. I mean, I had him as my top corner opening in October, and he's just he's slipped a bit. He hasn't done anything to really to really boost his stock. Right. But uh, that's that's why the we got the combine right. High praise for him uh, still. So you're gonna make make it easy for me again. I'm just gonna keep scrolling down my list. I'm going to take Nate Wiggins from Clemson. Uh, I think he's adequate height, weight. Uh, I think he has all the tools that we need. Uh, he's a little little, uh, a little on the skinnier side. He might get out-muscled at the top of his routes and lacks that. He lacks that pop that you want as a corner. I can see why you wouldn't, wouldn't take him there. Right. Uh, that's not your type of guy. But he, he's loose and fluid. Uh, he has all the tools. He just if he puts it together, I think he's he's one of the top guys in the class. So uh, we each have three. Heading on to your fourth one. Let's it gonna do be? it. I'm going to take Kyrie Jackson. Okay, yeah. One of the best builds for cornerback in this draft. Um, 6'3", 195. Great size, long arms. Um, fluid. Uh, some of the best ball skills in this draft as well. Um, he's a dude at the catch point. Um, great tracking. Um, although I do like guys who can tackle, he may not be that guy, but I'm not worried. Yeah, a little worry on his on his tackling ability there. I'm definitely not worried in coverage, though. So he's my fourth pick. Uh, all right, so I'm going to go with a guy that is not being talked about near enough. I think this guy, uh, I think he's a top five corner, and I think he's borderline top five corner. Uh, but he's he's a t- he's a first round guy. He's a first-round talent. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna take Ennis Rakestraw from Missouri. Uh, I think he he has all the tools again. I think he's not being talked about enough. Uh, I think he's good ball skills, good tackling. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Ennis Rakestraw from Mizzou. And there that you leaves go. you with your final final pick. My final pick. I'm gonna go ahead and take T.J. Tampa. From okay. Iowa State, okay. Also one of those guys, great size, great length. Um, yeah. Plays with his hands well. Um, He's going to run well, too. He should. Right. And also, again, the ball skills. I mean, it's there. He has it. And uh, some people say he's a gambler, okay? Yeah. Tends to take unnecessary risk on the ball. Um, but those are the type of guys that I like. Because sometimes it can pay off, but then again, you also have to look at the down. Sometimes it can hurt you. Yeah. Um, again, one of those guys that um, physical when tackling, but just doesn't have you know that linebacker type of wrapping up and securing it. So TJ Tampa is going to be my fifth pick, and I'm excited to say my lineup. Looks good. Looks good. Um, and with my final pick, I'm going to take Kamari Lassiter from Georgia. Um, he might be a little undersized. Uh, I think he's kind of prototypical size, but he's a physical guy. So 
He's going to get after the ball. He's going to be instinctive. He's going to recognize the routes you're running. He's going to get on you at the line, too. So this is a guy that, that I – I mean, he's your play style. You would like this, too. Right. Um, but, yeah, he does have a smaller frame. Uh, he doesn't have as much speed as the other guys, I think. Uh, and he lacks the, the – that elite ball tracking. So uh, he's looking for the hits, not the ball. There you go. Uh, and so that's the kind of guy Lassiter is there. Uh, and so that wraps up our, our our three topics for today, but we're going to move on. Uh, and we got some questions from y'all. We went over to Instagram. We put out some polls. Y'all had some questions. And now we're here to answer them. Uh, the first one being, who has the most to gain from their pro day slash combine? Uh, and I will let – which one? Do you want me to take a stab at that one first? Yeah, you know, I think you gave me enough generosity on the, you know, draft, so okay. we'll let you take a stab at the first. Uh, yeah, so I think this guy's already rising, um, but I think after the after his combine showing, I don't think there's any doubt he's going to be top ten on everybody's boards. I think that's Quinion Mitchell. I think he's running the four twos, um, so he's going to fly on his forty. Okay. Uh, I think he'll be good in all the, the cone drills, the jumping. He's going to jump high. He's going to jump far. Uh, and so he's going he's gonna to have a great day. That's going to be a guy that we're talking about on, on come pro day and come combine. Right. Well, my first pick, I'm going to take Bo Nix. Okay? Yeah. He's one of those guys, you know, he's fighting in some scenarios, fighting for that first, to be a first-round guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, obviously a top five uh, quarterback. There's a bunch ahead of him, and a good pro day can, you know, submit himself, in my opinion, over the guy above him, J.J. McCarthy. So a good pro day from Bo Nix is helping him out a lot and securing him a spot in the first round. Yeah, uh, I would definitely have to agree with that. Uh, another guy I'm going to talk about, you just drafted him. He's done nothing but help hurt himself, and this can help him. So uh, I think Kalen King, I think it's crucial that he has a good pro day, a good combine. Yeah. Uh, if he doesn't, uh, I think we're talking about late second at that point, if he has a bad pro day. Okay. Uh, and Penn State's got some good guys, so it's going to be a good pro day there in, uh, in Penn State. So uh, I think Kalen King has the most to gain. Uh, I think he can... He can bring himself up a little bit. I think he's just hurt himself uh, far too much, and he needs to he needs to fix that up a little bit. But that's an that's a his last ditch effort. It looks like. Yeah, it's a good pick. With my second, I'm gonna go with uh, Jatavion Sanders coming out of Texas. Um, well, let's be honest, he's not jumping Brock Bauer just because of a good pro day. Yeah. Or uh, right. So, but what he can do is solidify his spot at tight end number two in this year's draft, okay? Um, mm-hmm. I'd say there's a little bit of a gap, but uh, not much that, you know, caged over some of these guys um, that in some scenarios are being held at the same uh, same level as same Sanders. level of play as Sanders. Yeah. So a good... Uh, good pro day would certainly... Good combine would certainly solidify his spot at the number two tight end. And if I'm him, that's what I'm most focused on right now. Yeah, uh, and I'm also going to head over to Austin, and I think Tavondre Sweat needs to do needs to have a good pro day. Uh, I think we were all talking about him as the first round guy, and now he's kind of slipping. Uh, 
he's getting overshadowed by Byron Murphy, uh, his his fellow Texas teammate. So I think he needs to stand out. There's some concerns on his weight. Uh, he's 362, so big dude. Uh, oh yeah. If he runs well, if he's if he gets up and at him, uh, I think he can he can help himself a lot there. Uh, but uh, give us one more guy. My last guy, I'm gonna go with Malachi Corley. Okay. Now this draft class is wide receiver heavy, right? Um, yeah. But he's one of those guys that you're not you don't have full faith in just yet. Okay. Um, great playmaker. Uh, just so overall, he's a great prospect, but shows weaknesses at times. Um, so a good pro day will help him solidify his spot as one of the top pro receivers in this draft. Yeah, he's definitely getting getting overshadowed uh, by some of the other other prospects right now. We're not hearing his name enough. Right. Uh, but he is he is an interesting guy, and that brings us into our second question, which is uh, just our thoughts on Malachi Corley. Uh, and so I'll read I'll read what I had in my notes for him. Uh, Corley shows the ability to adjust the balls thrown behind him. Seems to be a natural pass catcher who's comfortable with the ball in his hands. His reliable hands will be able to break at any tackle. He may have problems creating separation at the NFL level as his cuts in and out of routes may not be smooth enough to create the desired separation. Uh, frequently is put in catch and run situations and could play in a role similar to LaVisca Chenault from Colorado. A uh, little, little throwback for LaVisca Chenault. Uh, he does not always use his hands to catch the ball downfield and will sometimes rely on his chest. He can be used in a variety of ways, including jet sweeps, screens, and even vertical routes down the field. So he, he is versatile. Um, we got to give him that. You can you pop him in uh, to a Debo Samuel type type role yeah. there. Uh, but he's interesting. It's hard to it's hard to place a, a rating on him, a, a place in the draft. I, if I had to, I would guess around end of the second third. Probably beginning of the third, mid of the third, somewhere around. And that's how as he is right now. That's as he is right now. Yeah, so a good let's pro say, day. Yeah, let's say this. What about the pro day? Let's say he has an outstanding pro day. Yeah, so if he has an outstanding pro day, one of the top receivers pro day, I could see him cracking the second round. Um, there's just so many receivers. Uh, he would have to really, really stand yeah. out. Wide receiver is heavy in this draft class. Uh, yeah, right now I have him around my wide receiver twelve. 11, 12, okay. 13, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, it's hard to, to put him higher than some of those guys above him. But Right. Uh, yeah, Malachi Corley, uh, he could be he could be a good good draft pick uh, depending on his value and where you get him at. Yeah, I'm surprised this guy isn't a running back. I mean, you look 5'11", 210. I guess a big dude, thick, uh, running back-like frame. Um, what I love about him is the breaking the tackles and – fighting for extra yards, okay? Yep. Um, one of my biggest things about ball carriers are that they try to make an explosive play happen when it doesn't need to. Yeah. So this guy, not afraid to get upfield, get you three yards, get you a first down. You know, I talked about third down conversions earlier with tight ends. Like you said, this is a guy, screen, sweeps, uh, short routes, get the ball to him. You need three yards, four yards. Yeah, he's not gonna be one of those guys that you throw a screen to and he's sitting there waiting for a jump cut to happen and go to the house. He's gonna go get you the first down. He's gonna go break a tackle. 
Okay, you got to get it out quick. Some quarterbacks aren't capable of putting the ball right where it needs to be every time. Good catch radius. I mean, this guy pinpoints it to a T with a short uh, route wide receiver, I would say. Now, you said he also has the ability to go downfield and get vertical. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what he runs because that's, right. that's going to say a, say a lot about his transitioning to the next level. Uh, right. Because if he runs a 4-5 and then we put him on a 4-3 corner, you're not getting the ball downfield. Correct. So uh, that you're right. Uh, his pro day will, will show us a lot there. Uh, and I think uh, what you said about grimy yards, guys that need to get the, gri- the grimy first down yards, uh, just reminded me of, I think it was Robert Sala from the Jets. He said that that is not what Brees Hall likes to do, and he needs a guy like that. Right. So if the Jets are sitting there and they're looking for a guy to get the grimy yards, uh, Malachi Corley is, is on the draft table. Right. Uh, and then moving on to the last question y'all had, who is the first running back taken and where does he go? And when does he go as well? Uh, so I'll let you answer that one. For the first running back taken, I'm going to go – with my boy Jonathan Brooks. Okay. Shout out Howitzville 2020 losing the state championship to the Jimnet Indians. If you know, you know. Okay. Now, where he goes is a big question, right? Um, bunch of needs. You know, you look at early second round, mid second round, there's teams that running back doesn't fit the category for their needs. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say. It really is for me hard to say. I don't know. It depends if, say, Minnesota takes a defensive player at 11. I mean, that's the highest I could see it going is 42 to Minnesota. In the second round, yeah. Uh, yeah, like when we talk about running backs, I always say uh, you can't waste the running backs' carries. you got to drop them into a team that's ready to win now, and he can be the final piece of that puzzle. Uh, and I don't think – anyone shops from the running back store until the end of the second and when I'm looking at the end of the second uh, I see I see Dallas sitting at 56 and Dallas okay. has a good roster on paper they've got the positions filled out you could argue Pollard was not what they wanted him to be Jonathan Brooks is already in Texas let's just keep him home and uh, let's let's put him at 56 to Dallas okay and then I think the run starts there on running backs I do agree. I think Brooks was probably the first guy off the board, I would, if I had to guess. But, again, uh, I said it last time, I think you can take the top six to eight guys, shake them in a jar, let them go, and any of those guys can be your first one off the board. Right, and a big thing with Jonathan, we talked about it um, in our last podcast, if I'm not mistaken, ACL tear. Yeah, Okay. that's scary. Yeah. How is that affecting... So who's your second? Say Jonathan Brooks is your first. Who's your second? My second guy I would suggest or is likely to go off the board next. Right. Or who yeah. do you hold most uh, value in? I mean, my Jonathan? favorite running back in the class is Trey Benson. Uh, I don't necessarily think he's the second guy off the board though. Uh, I could see I could see Bucky Irving coming early. Okay. Uh, if you wanted some sleeper kind of guys, I could say Ray Davis or Jalen Wright from. Con- from Ray Davis from Kentucky, Jalen Wright from Tennessee, right, are two guys I could see there. 
Audric Estimate is in there. I mean, like, seriously, you can take the top six guys, and it could be any of them. Right. There's no there's no solidified guy. I think Jonathan Brooks is probably just the consensus right now. Yeah. Uh, again, a good pro day from any of these running backs, and they can – I was about to say, so how bad do you think the ACL tear hurt Jonathan Brooks? Oh, yeah. I mean – you take the ACL tear away. I mean, that's I think, a big thing. I think he's sitting at, at one on most boards. Yeah. Um, but it's just so hard. The running back class isn't what it usually is this year. There's not any guy that jumps out at you immediately. Uh, I, I just feel like they're all kind of on the same level, really. Right. I mean, and that's a that's a problem, ACL tears, especially with a guy you're already drafting who's already had injuries. Yeah. I mean, that's usually a problem that you ideally would want to face Maybe second year. Right. Second and year if you're going to draft a running back that early, like as early as the second round, you're probably going to want him to start. Right. So you're not going to draft Jonathan Brooks and get him to sit, uh, sit a year and right. heal. So um, Yeah, I think he's the most talented in this class. But um, injury problem, um, stuff like that, you got to be looking for. Pro day can help the running back and solidify a bunch of these guys. Because like you said, um, you could put them in a bottle, put your thumb over the top, and shake it up and pick one, and it's, you know. Yeah, and he's coming out first, right? Right. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see where, where the running backs land. Uh, and then, oh, we, we also have one more question. Uh, who is the first defensive player off the board and when? Uh, same as the running backs. First defensive player on the board, I'll take a stab at that one first. Uh, I wrote an article about this. It's on the website. Uh, and just to give you a glimpse of who I think it is, it, title is Dallas what's, finally what's comes uh, first. What's the website name? Cage Draft Room? CageDraftRoom.com. Yeah, Head check over it there out. to articles. Uh, and the title of this article is Dallas finally comes first. <laughs> uh, so if you want to know who I'm picking to go first, it is Dallas Turner. I think he's the best of both worlds there. You get an aggressive guy with power. You also get that bend that you're looking for in an edge rusher. Uh, right now I would say probably eight to the Falcons, a likely spot for him. Uh, Eleven, Minnesota. I think those are the top two positions I would say a defensive player goes. Right. Uh, and if it wasn't uh, Dallas Turner from Alabama, I think it's Terry and Arnold from Alabama. So okay. I would put heavy money that the first guy off the board for the defensive side of the ball is from Alabama. I like that. I also like the uh, the article title, okay? Yeah. Dallas finally comes first. Well, we don't see it very often. I was about to say, if you don't get it, when's the last time you saw the Cowboys in the Super Bowl? Probably you don't get it probably because you weren't born, okay? Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have to second that. Um, edge is a big defensive spot. Um, yeah, so do you think it's edge or you think it's corner? I right? think it's edge. I'm yeah. going to have to go with edge. It's usually, usually um, edge. Those guys are the type of people who can affect run and pass. Um, yeah. If you got guys who can't cover for very long, um, give them three seconds and he's back there and the ball is going to come out. Right, and he also can play the run. Obviously, he's on the line, and I think if there's one guy at the edge spot to go first, it is Dallas. So that yep. I would second that wholeheartedly. Uh, if you wanted a, if you just wanted another name, someone from somewhere other than Alabama, I would say Lawtu. Lawtu is high on people's boards. He could be the guy there. Maybe eleven in Minnesota. Uh, again, maybe eight to Atlanta. So uh, that's all we have for today. Uh, we'll be back soon enough with some more uh, we'll cover a different division and the foundation <coughs> there uh, we'll do another draft uh, with a different position I'm thinking 
I'm thinking running back. Running back? I like this. Okay. Since am I gonna am I gonna get Grace next time and get first pick? You can get first pick next time. Cool. Good deal. And then for the questions, when are we posting questions? Uh, yeah, we'll post questions uh, as soon as this is uploaded. So uh, there should be questions on the Instagram for you guys to go check it out. Right. Uh, submit them, and we'll get back to them next podcast whenever that is. Yeah, give us some good questions. Be happy to answer those um, controversies, whatever is on y'all's mind. I want to check them out. But that's all we got for today. Uh, Dave, you got anything you want to add before we head out? Um, I think the last thing I got to add is uh, until next time.